Hi, I'm Diane. And I'm John. And you're listening to Paranoid Fantasy. Don, what are we talking about today? Well, today we are talking about Gettysburg. We're talking about the famous Airbnb, the first Airbnb, I might add. Why would we call it that? Well, because it has to do with bullets and biscuits. Bullets and biscuits in Gettysburg. Yes, Mary Virginia Wade, born in May 21st of 1843, also known as Ginny Wade. She was a resident of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and she lived in Gettysburg during the Battle of Gettysburg, one of the important, significant battles of the Civil War. It was not, uh, you know, the first or the last battle, but it definitely was a, a great loss for the Union, um, the North. So we actually did take a little trip um, through Gettysburg about a week ago and stumbled upon this beauty of a tourist attraction <laughs> yeah it, it was there it was in the town um we saw the town the house where she was actually born which was in the town proper and then a little ways up the street um was the house where um, the, uh, it all happened. the famous incident happened now i might add um at the time of the incident of jenny wade she was 20 years old mm-hmm. and she is known to be or she's advertised as the only direct civilian casualty of the Battle of Gettysburg. Um, Later we'll get into the details of the story, but let's just go ahead and describe our day in Gettysburg. We pulled in, it was about 95 degrees. Mm, Yeah, and there were people running around, um, much like they were running around during the battle, uh, wearing um, uh, layers upon layers of gingham and, and wool. Yes, it was pretty hot in there, and there are some reenactment um, characters, especially in um, you know the tour, the toured sections. I went to Gettysburg as a child. That was one of the places that my father thought would be really fun for us to go. So I do remember seeing the famous Jenny Wade house. I never went inside, but I think it was definitely part of a lot of the ghost um, tours, which the whole um, area of Gettysburg has really capitalized on because it's not an active battlefield, although they, they are preserving it. So I think they do get a lot of mileage out of the um, this, you know, keeping it alive through through ghosts and ghost walks. And Yeah, the battlefield themselves were really, um, uh, you, you really got that feeling of history and there were some, there's some beautiful memorials out there um, sprinkled across that battlefield. But in town, um, it's a little more... Uh, today and people are running around and having a good time and buying antiques and um, rubbing elbows with these mm -hmm, yeah rubbing elbows with the famous um, landmarks and reenactors and several times a year they they actually have enthusiasts come from all over the world and they set up in the battlefields and they reenact certain parts of it but it's just a total wealth of knowledge it's a very famous um, battle that happened there and it really changed the direction of American history. So mm-hmm. the paranoid fantasy under all of this is I I always think it's really interesting when a town has a sort of claim to fame. Like you were telling us 
um, near your hometown of Fort Wayne, there is a neighboring town that has a famous attraction. Just quickly tell us what that is. Um, a, a giant turtle who they who they <laughs> who they named Oscar. Uh, a farmer had this pond on this property, and he claimed that there was a Nessie-sized turtle that was in this pond, and it caused quite a, a stir. And to this day, uh, they they have Turtle Days with a parade and um, right. festivities. And I was just in Rome, and for example, and not to be sacrilegious, but they have the stairs that supposedly um, Jesus walked up during his um, last judgment. And of course, it's become like a mecca for people to, you know, visit and wait in line and I assume pay money and then buy souvenirs. So um, there's other places like that I, I'm sure we could think of. <laughs> I mean, I, off the top of your head, can you think of any? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think anywhere where there, something historical happened, um, the people today are trying to, you know, keep it keep people interested in coming there to their to their towns to invest their their money um, and keep the town alive yeah we have the Farmsworth Museum um, the house where the first television set was invented and so you know that's kind of interesting and yeah, so it's, it provides like a something to do but the funny thing about the Jenny Wade house is they do get very specific in the tour of what they were what she was doing um, however there is like wallpaper from the 1990s on the wall. There's a 1950s um, tablecloth mm-hmm. in the kitchen where the incident happened, and it's just it was uh, it was very amusing to me as you were taking uh, studious notes on on the story of how inaccurate a lot of the details in the actual house were. And part of its charm is that they seem less interested in preserving the site if it is in fact a true story than um, adding some theatrical charm, like the mannequin under the That's what I was thinking, <laughs> in the basement. And, and they added some uh, things to the tour that I think that they probably, uh, maybe Jenny, there's a sign on the um, outside by the flowers that says Jenny doesn't want you to walk on the flowers, but I guess she doesn't mind that everyone know that her father was a tailor and he served two years in solitary confinement for ripping somebody off for $350. And then he ended up in the almshouse because the, sl- the cheese kind of slipped off his cracker. So that was part of the information that we that we got that day. And I, I felt kind of bad about knowing that. I really didn't need to know that. Let's go ahead and take a break. And then we'll talk about the actual tour itself All right. in your own words. That sounds good. Okay, so we're back. So... Uh, you start the tour, it's in like a... A gift a, shop. It's a trailer behind the actual house. Residence, mm-hmm. Yes, and then it's full of books on um, Ginny Wade, and one of the books is actually called Bread and Biscuits. Yeah, Bread and Biscuits, and that's where we got our... Um, we, we saw that, and we realized that this probably was the first Airbnb. <laughs> mm. Yes, Exactly. But not, not quite so. So you go in the house. Well, you get led out of the trailer into the home by a woman in colonial, um, civ- civ- I want to say civil- civilian wear, no, c- Civil War, mid-19th century apron and petticoat. And she begins a tour, and she explains what happens to, to Jenny. Let's start from the beginning, if you'll walk us through it. Okay, well, um, Jenny uh, had a sister named Georgia, 
um, Georgia had moved up the street, which was at that time sort of out of town. The you know the rural um, community took over right, uh, really close to the downtown area. And we're talking like a two-minute walk. Yeah, it's not that far, but they said, oh, you know, her sister lived out of town, and she had just had a, a newborn baby. Um, <laughs> she was she was pregnant, and an hour after she had the baby, the Confederates came through the town, and that was on June 30th. There were scouts. So then July 1st, they, they met and they fought for three days. Um, and so um, her, Jenny's brother, Harry, was eight years old and Isaiah was six years old. So she took them up to George's house that was a little bit out of town. Right, um, and there's conflicting reports because some, some reports say that she went over there to, you know, visit her sister and be with the baby and, you know, cook dinner for her. But the other report that's actually on her birth home on Breckage, Breckenridge Street says on the, I guess on the, the early day of July 1st, she actually escaped the nearby battle that she could hear beginning in the northern part of town. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just want to throw that out there. Yeah, and uh, she she apparently some of the, saw some of the troops. First the, the, the northern troops came through and then um, first the, and then the southern troops came through and when um, the her side went through. She was carrying water out to them well, in she, buckets. Yes, yeah, she the walked down. Side. She walked down. Her mother was there. The sister was there, in in the sister's home, uh, George's house, right? Yeah, and the two little the two little kids, Harry and Isaiah, and the and the newborn baby. Well, was and that she wasn't pregnant. No, um, Georgia had had her baby just like a day before. And they had moved the bed downstairs. So yes, describe the room. Well, the room we walked into, uh, first we went up the stairs and we noticed that there were uh, big holes in the facade of the bricks. Um, and then the actual door had a probably a 50-cent piece size hole right. cleaned through it. You could see inside. And my first reaction is that's not the original door. It's painted. And, you know, why would they leave this out just for like over, you know, 170 years just exposed and it's still in this, this condition. But there's my paranoid fantasy. But you go in the house, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not like that one of our, what do they call them, the Big Mac houses of our time. It's not, it's just literally. We walked into the kitchen. The kitchen, which is probably like an 8 by 10 room. Mm-hmm. And they had the uh, original uh, dough pan, uh, dough keeper that they would they would uh, knead the dough and then they would put it in that and close it. It was a wooden, about the size of a cradle actually, and they would leave it in overnight and let it proof or rise. Um, and then they could use out of that. And so that she showed that where there was a door that opened to the to the sitting room or to the front room, and apparently uh, Jenny had there there was there was a cannon had cannonball had gone through the roof, and so Jenny thought well I'll pull this door that between the rooms open behind me so that that door sort of protects me as well as the the front door. So she's so on that morning again we we say that they could hear and see. I mean, because they have glass windows all throughout the, the house, that the Confederate Southern soldiers were racing through the streets, or sorry, the Union soldiers were racing down the street, and behind them, the Confederates were chasing them. So the Confederates had gone north of Gettysburg and were chasing the Union soldiers down. Um, the Union soldiers were trying to get on higher ground because they thought that they could fight back better, but the Confederates were on top of all the buildings in Gettysburg, shooting the cannons off the top of the buildings, and there's just 
you know, five, you know, um, rounds of, of uh, ammunition. Gu- ammunition, guns, bullets. muskets, bullets going off and hitting inside of the, inside of, of well, as we obviously see, maybe many of the houses, but only fatally in, inside of uh, George's house. Um, mm-hmm. And so, according to the tour and the books available, um, Jenny begins to read her Bible, mm-hmm. and she goes on to say a few verses, in the, and George is in the bed in the, in the downstairs living room, which has been converted into the bedroom, and she's like, come on, please, please stop. And then, apparently, um, Jenny sort of whips into action and begins, again, this is the part that I don't really understand, kind of taking in to, um, taking bread and water to these Union soldiers that are sort of surrounded by the house because they've been attracted to the open windows and the smell of cooking, you know, breezing out into the fields around. So the soldiers are kind of like hanging out and she's serving them as if it's a canteen and that's the part that I couldn't really get it get into because I'm thinking I mean even in like 2019 I only have enough bread for like maybe one or two people or enough ingredients well in that dough tray like I said I mean it wasn't like you know and it had to proof and it had to rise and you had to beat this dough down and it had to rise some more and that tray was probably big enough to say you know like a double loaf of bread today and so it was almost like uh you know the Sermon on the Mount with the loaves and the fishes. I mean, apparently that little dough tray served hundreds, hundreds of biscuits. Yeah. Well, so in the midst of it all, a bullet does end up going through the living room and ricochets off of the bed post and actually makes it onto the mantle. And there's actually a bed in that room with a bullet hole where, you, where they can they describe that the bullet actually came within, you know, just inches of of uh, George's head but missed her and then fell and rested on the the mantle and one fell and rested on the bed so I mean it was pretty it's just that the story they were telling didn't totally match up with what I feel people would do in a normal situation yeah yeah that's what I thought too and then Jenny said was reported to have saying if anyone dies here today I hope it's me because Georgia just had her baby and that might be maybe a little bit of a clue because I think the um you know she just had that baby the day before she probably didn't feel too mobile and she you know to just and my mother like my mother really kind of like put it into context she's like John you know today like to hear gunfire outside or a battle or even sirens like it's really alarming because we're living in you know the 21st century but back then you know maybe the people are just made of something a little bit stronger and it was their obligation to get involved and well they didn't have armor piercing bullets back then um so that was a brick house and they probably felt fairly safe within the confines of that brick house it was just the two wooden doors she had the one closed behind her and the one that was to the outside that didn't stop a particular bullet and it it actually um struck her as she had her she was facing the um well let's slow down, let's slow down here okay <laughs> well let, yeah we've got to build it up diane All okay right, so true. she's baking bread ba- she's baking away that this it's around eight thirty in the morning and our tour guide, I didn't get her name, but let's not mention it. Because okay. I think she, she sort of reaches over this little dough table at the horror of the seven-year-old behind her in, in the tour. And she says, this is the position Ginny was in when she was shot. And I'm like, oh. 
Yeah. Like, no, it's, I mean, it's not funny, but it's no, like... we're just looking know, at her and it's, it's like, wow. Yeah. So the bullet entered the exterior front door, mm-hmm. went through the interior door between the kitchen and the, the living room, and apparently, and this is on every account I've read from that foundation, the, you know, the Jenny Wade Foundation, that she was struck by her left shoulder, it pierced her heart, and she immediately died. Every single, no matter how much the var- the details vary, always says she instantly died. And I think that's because there's children on the tour. But she, you know, is immediately enshrined as a martyr of the Civil War, and she's the only civilian to die in the Battle of Gettysburg. And she wasn't, like, out trying to be a soldier. She was in the kitchen baking bread. I think that's kind of an interesting little side note. Right. I kind of interrupted you. Mm, you did? Did I interrupt you? No, no. Oh. Okay, but let's keep going. Okay. So, oh, and because you're going to keep going, I want to say, like, I feel like when I saw this this um, this story, like, 10 years ago, that's where the story ended. But my paranoid fantasy is because there's a gift shop on the other side that they extended the story since then, and now the tour continues up and through the house, down the back, back door, and into back into the gift shop trailer. Yeah, they actually take you through a hole in the wall upstairs where supposedly a um, shell had gone through the roof. A and, cannon. Yeah, a cannonball. And it had uh, broken through the brick wall that, that um, divided the two upstairs rooms so that um, most of the fighting was on one side of the house and they couldn't run out the back door to get to the cellar, which had an outdoor entryway like many of them did like on the Wizard of Oz you know when Dorothy runs and she's trying to open that cellar door and she can't get in um they had a cellar door like that so they, they couldn't go out into the rain of bullets they had to go up the stairs through the hole in the wall that the shell had made supposedly a couple of soldiers had come up and kicked that those bricks away so that it was large enough that they could um, kind of shimmy through there. Um, they passed the kids through there. They passed the baby through there. The mother said she wasn't going to go unless she, she didn't want to leave her daughter's body, so they actually took her up there, and and um, she was actually um, taken through that little opening in the wall as well. And then they were able to go down the stairs and um, out the door into the cellar, um, so where we were um, confronted with a very large oil painting. Um, and All right. Yeah, that's on the wall down there. Uh, um, and if they told us if you count the the people in the um, in the painting, you'll see that there's one person that's not there, and that's the mother. And it's because it's entitled "Through the Eyes of a Mother," and so we don't see her personage in uh, in the painting, but rather it's inferred through the title of the painting, um, which was actually pretty cool. But also down there is a kind of a like well, a spook house. Right behind the tour guide where she's speaking, there's actually, a, yeah, there's basically like a bed where supposedly they took Janie's body, and it's, there's a mannequin on the bed when you just see like these little feet sticking out of this quilt. So, I mean, it kind of crosses the line of like a historic tour and a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. so you actually felt like what it was like to be down there between the painting and, and her... Um, and also what we kind of got a kick out of upstairs was that there was a bed up there and she had to show us that up, up the, the, where you take the piece off the head 
headboard that is actually a roller and you and you soften your mattress with it and so that's where the term hit the hay um, started from and then also the bed instead of springs it's suspended by a series of like a, a rope weaving and there was um, there were keys that you could turn that and that's and it would stretch that those ropes to make it a firmer bed and that's where the yeah sleep tight and then don't let the bed bugs bite because you that was a problem with the rolling pin yeah, yeah. well that was a great walk through american history i don't know if there's any more um you know details other than the price i think it's around it was nine dollars just for a general adult ticket mm-hmm yeah, they talked about the um, relationship between the three friends. It was Jenny and the boy that she was engaged to be married to who was fighting for their side. Uh, and then their other close friend had gone and gotten work down in, um, I think it might have been Charlotte. And he really liked Charlotte. He liked working there and he liked living there. So he went ahead and joined up with the Confederate side. Um, but, the, but the friends saw each other during the battle. So it's kind of... Um, really just shows how how that that battle really did tear apart the very fabric of our country at that time well i'm still more interested in the uh and the bizarreness of the presentation which is what led us there to begin with exactly and then they said please go upstairs and exit through the gift shop right which we were looking at each other and just grinning really big because it struck us both pretty <laughs> right and actually there was a woman there with her children and she, she actually was like sobbing through the entire thing so i felt kind of jaded i don't know <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to get into it but it was like it was just too bizarre well and they kept telling us this was the only portrait of of jenny and then like in the in the gift shop there were several other portraits well, of her in this the last room before we hit the cellar there was an, a, another picture of her and might i add they were both Xerox copies from like a Kinko's. It was just weird. I don't mean to be disrespectful because I definitely thought it was worth the money because of the campness. But um, I just still, I'm not totally convinced she was the only anything. Or that that even happened. I don't right. know. It's just so. Well, I had a paranoid fantasy next to that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, please. Uh, next to that bed upstairs that I was going to end up with bed bugs or, or oh, something. Okay. So I was having my On own little note, personal. Let's go ahead and end this episode. <laughs> You've been listening to. Paranoid Fantasy. And just to let you know, we might put some pictures of our trip up on our Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at Paranoid Fantasy Podcast.